everybody, and welcome to another exciting edition of Words, Images, and Worlds. Delighted on this episode to be talking with comics creator Mike Jones. Mike, thank you for jumping in. Thank you for joining me today. It's a pleasure. Uh, a pleasure to talk with you as well. I've caught uh, at least one interview with you from the Dollar Bin Bandits, which I've currently been exploring, and glad to feature you here as well to talk a little bit. Um, so I'll mention a couple of titles, projects, and um, worlds that you've worked in. First being um, Yeet, Yeet Comics, Yeet Presents. Um, so I know that we will make our way around to that. And you're also someone who has sort of pulled characters from the golden age and uh, pulled some of the, the public domain worlds and brought those to life. Is that true? That is true. I discovered that, oh, uh, I don't know, a couple of years back, you go online and uh, I went to comicbookplus.com and <laughs> just, I did not know there was that many uh, characters out there back in the golden age and they are some bizarre characters. <laughs> yeah yeah well i love that that paying tribute to the past and also bringing it forward to the present um so i'm curious by way of a, a first official question what it is about comics that that draws you creatively why why this medium um i, I like most people probably out there that you know in, in our world that uh, i got into comic books as a kid um my first comic that I remember reading was Jimmy Olsen, as lame as that sounds. Um, but from there, it just kind of blew up, and I, I was into comics. And then I, I wanted to be a comic book penciler, draw, you know, artist. So <laughs> I would draw, I would take my comics, and I would draw all the superheroes that I could. And then I got better and better at it. And the next thing, I went to college for art. Um, and then the next thing, I'm an art teacher, and now I have students, and we're drawing comic books, and we're making our own comic book, and that's kind of how long it started. Love it. Love it. I'm, I'm actually, I'm a teacher right now. I uh, have been a teacher for the past 16 years and uh, starting a comics club this year. So hopefully I, I will get inspired and maybe make something of my own as well. Uh, so, yeah. Like I say, the hardest thing about making a comic book is finishing it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I can imagine so. Very well, labor intensive. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I mentioned Yeet, and I just found the Facebook uh, fan group just a bit ago. How did Yeet come to be? Well, like I said, when I was a, an art teacher, our students, my students, would we would make our comic books, and then we'd just do copies and you know make put them into books and, and that, that type of thing. So I always I made comic books as a kid, but nothing you know big. I was living in State College at the time, and I always looked at the local stuff. And there was a there was some potential there, so I got a hold of one the one guy who already did a story, and I inked it for him and cleaned it up for him, did relettered it, put it in book form, and that one that was our first issue. It was mm -hmm. called Chaos, and so we just gave him away. And he had on his first issue that he had um, sixty cents, and then he said cost of paper. That's what he was charging to make up for whatever, he, you know, it, it turned into cost of pencils, cost of printing, cost of, it was cost of paper. And that was the name of our comic book company was cost of paper comics. Mm -hmm. So we made probably about 10 comics. Some other people got involved and then it just kind of went away. 
you know, that was back in the 90s. That was about 94 when we started. And then it went away. And then my son, um, when he got old enough, he started making comics. And then I just, I caught the bug again. Mm-hmm. And so I started making comics, printing them myself, putting them together, giving them away. Uh, and then about issue number 16, I said, I've had it. Because I, I did a flip book. And it's real hard to put a flip book together on your own. And so I went to a local uh, printing company and they, and they started printing it for us. And about issue number 16, which was right around the time where I was still calling it cop comics, cost of paper. Mm-hmm. But it just, everyone's saying, well, there's no police in there. That's so just not cop as an acronym. So <laughs> I decided it's, it's time to change the name. And my son was throwing something and he was, I don't know how old he was, eight or nine. And he yelled out, yeet, when he threw it. Mm-hmm. Was just, that's what kids do, I guess. You know, I said, What did you say? He said, You go, and you throw it. And uh, I said, Well, hey, why don't we just use that for the name of the comic book? I, I can't come up with anything, so that's what we chose. It, I don't, it means nothing. Some people think it's an acronym, mm-hmm. um, it means nothing, uh-huh. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's got that family connection with it, which I love. Um, yeah, yeah. So, um, I also appreciate what you said there, both about sort of the long-term process of creating comics, but also the collaborative nature of recognizing like the flip book and, and things like that. It's it's very hard to do these in general, but I imagine it would be even harder if you were trying to play all the part, all the parts yourself. Yeah, correct. It, it, it was tough, but see what, what I did is I, I, I made an anthology not even knowing that I was making an anthology, basically, because people, I'd always put my address in there before computers, and people would write me letters, say, hey, can I put something in here? I, you know, I got a drawing, can I put it in, in your book? I'm like, sure. And then people will start submitting stories, so the next thing I've got an anthology. So whatever they send me, I put in there. I, I always say that the, there's no greater thrill, I don't care how old you are, if you're a junior high or if you're a 70-year-old man, to see your stuff in print. Even a small publication like you, it's like, look at that. I'm in a comic book. My comic is in a comic book. It, it's a thrill. And that's mm-hmm. kind of that, that's kind of my motivation now to see the excitement on kids who get in there and, and, and amateurs alike that get their stuff in print. And that's pretty cool. And I try to promote comic book reading. I mm-hmm. also believe that there's probably more people making comic books right now than reading comic books. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The kids don't go to the store if you can, you know, and just pick up a comic book. You know, there, there might be a few in Walmart here and there, but when I was a kid, comic books were everywhere. I mean, yeah. there was a spinner rack in the in, in the store, or there was, uh, you know, three packs in the grocery stores. So you can always find comics. Nowadays, they're very hard to find. And so mm-hmm. kids just aren't, and kids just don't read. They got a phone. Why, why, why am I going to pick up paper when I can do it on my phone type mm-hmm. thing? You know, and I've never been a digital guy. I like all my comics are in paper. People say, "Why don't you do you know make a digital comic book?" Well, that's not a comic book for me. That's that's something different. You know, mm-hmm. I want it in paper. I want to be able to hold it in my hands. You know, that that type of thing. So I'm also trying to promote comic books for kids to get more kids excited. So we, we give away a lot of comic books at conventions and stuff. So my comic books, I try to make them PG-ish. I call it or PG-13 at worst. So that when I hand out a free comic book at a comic book convention, I know that the mother's not going to come back and roll it up and hit me on top of the head. Why are you giving my kid trash? 
So so we try to keep it clean and we try to keep it original or public domain. And that's basically the rules and anything else pretty much goes in love it yeah yeah as a teacher i also appreciate that because i have found yeah. stories before and thought oh my goodness i would love to use this uh, especially when i taught middle school and you know there would be that one or two kind of part where i'd have to go oh okay well i, I can't use this now so i appreciate the pg-ness and you can you can tell really good stories that don't rely on um things that can't be all audience i think I, I totally agree. Um, and if you can't, then you're, you're probably lacking, okay? Mm-hmm. I don't think you need the blood and gore, you know, chopping off heads and blood everywhere, and, uh, and the profanity doesn't need to be there. You can still have it, but, it, you know, it's, it, it'd be like the, like a, 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 who's the guy I'm looking at for, in the movies um, who did the uh, birds and... Oh, Hitchcock, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like a Hitchcock movie. You really never saw anybody get, you know, no one got stabbed or killed or or stuff like that, you know, but you got frightened from it because he, he was a good storyteller and did mm-hmm. it properly. I think he can still do that in comic books. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. And um, so with that idea we were just talking about a minute ago of kind of bringing people in and um, encouraging new folks as well as people that have been around for a while, any collaborators that you would point to, um, not to sort of give a shout out, uh, that you've really enjoyed collaborating with, or just anyone that you want to kind of shine you know, a spotlight on? Well, I guess we get, we've, I've done 58 issues. That doesn't mean that I've done work in all of them. You know, I do a lot of covers, I, I do some stories, but it's from outside help people sending me stuff. Mm-hmm. So, our next issue, you know, we've got, um, we, we've got a story that I kind of started. Um, it's uh, it, here, here's another thing. We'll go off. We'll go off target here before I get back to your question. Sure, is sure. that I I like the comic book movies. Okay, are they like the comic books that they're based on? Not really, but there's some background to it. But I still like to see my characters alive, and and you know, and I think the casting that especially Marvel has done with Captain America and Thor and Iron Man. I mean, they're spot on. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, they're they're really good. But I don't know why they need to change the origin of the Hulk every single movie you know, or that type of thing. But I like that. That being said, it seems like every movie has to be more over top than the next. Mm-hmm. You know, where every, it's just so fantastic. Like the, the one the one Avengers movie, the sky opens up over Manhattan and giant flying centipedes came in with millions of flying guys with guns. Millions, right? And yeah. Black Widow, Captain America, and Hawkeye are taking them on. Like, really? <laughs> <laughs> and, and defeat millions. You know, it's like over the top. So <laughs> I, I created a, a, a team in Chicago in 1939. They don't have superpowers, you know. So anyways, this next issue coming up, number 59, Mark Weirzerdick, W-Y-R-O-S-D-I-C-K, can't pronounce his last name. But he took one of the characters and he's kind of doing a spin-off with my characters. And everyone's like, why, why are you letting them take the characters? They're really not my characters, you know. They, if you want to do something with them, go for it. So that's going to be in the next issue. And I think he's really doing a good job. It's kind of like exactly what my vision was um, going forward. But So he, he's been a big contributor. Eddie Morgan from Ireland is going to be in our next issue. Um, and, and, this, and, this, and then uh, Ken Clark, who's been with us for a long time, is a great artist. Mm-hmm. He'll be at our next one. Steve Shipley, you may have heard that name. He's been around a long time. 
for us and elsewhere. He's doing a story with uh, Ronald Jarrell. Um, and of course, Shane Luttrell has been a big part. So those are the the, um, the next issue coming up, some of the names. But some of the names that we've had in Yeet are, is just mind-blowing because we have just as many professionals working there, not working, because I really don't pay anybody. I do pay some of the professionals here and there, but as we do amateurs. So it's a really good mix when you pick up the book that you're going you're gonna to get something in there you're going to like. You know, and there's a yeah. huge variety of sci-fi and superhero and, and horror. And we don't think we have romance. We've had Western, you know, we've had war. It's a really big variety. You never know what you're going to get because as it comes in, I put it together and put a book out and then, and, and that's what you get. But we've had a lot of professionals that have contributed to our book too. And I'm, I'm really happy about that. And that, that keeps us going too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I appreciate a good, like, multiple issue arc but i love sort of anthologized comics too um and there's there's a great tradition of those so i think you're you're carrying on that tradition in a a really cool way and i also love the um showcasing of folks that are new folks that want to get their work out that have the talent but maybe not the the whatever magic connection or the magic key to the industry um so to speak so i also appreciate that part of what you're doing yeah i I really enjoy really good art and really good stories but i also enjoy enjoy someone's idea that they finally got it onto paper and they finally got the the time and the energy to to draw it out and finish it you know and Mm -hmm. they said the hardest thing was to finish it and then present it is it professional work no but it's their work it's their idea and I, I'm, I'm going to showcase it in my book because I know how much work it is to do it. And I get, I get guys who are in their 60s now and they, I did this back in the 1960s and, you know, it never went anywhere. I just dug it out. Would you be interested in, um, heck yeah, that's exactly what I'm looking for. I'm looking for traditional pencil, ink on paper, you know, make a copy of it in, the, in its raw form of whatever mistakes or not. You know, let's print it like it like it's originally was. And I've done some of my own stuff that I did when I was 15. Am I proud of the work? No, but it went into heat. It's like here, here's what I did when I was 15 years old. And now, <laughs> what do you think? People are like, that stinks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, <laughs> but that's yeah. that's kind of what we're doing. But yeah, you also get to see like the process too, because I think again, speaking back to that kind of teacher role that I play. Um, I think there are a lot of people out there that create and create and they look at what they, where they are as a young creator and they go, Oh, I could never. Um, so it's great to see, you know, accomplished people, people that are publishing and doing things that started somewhere because everybody starts somewhere. Correct. Yes. And I think almost everybody that starts somewhere doesn't always necessarily have the self-confidence to do it. You know, mm-hmm. I tell the story of, Tom Warzakowski, who is a letterer forever, lettered all the X-Men, lettered all the Spawn. His first lettering job, job was um, on, on an issue of Dracula with Gene Cohen as the penciler. So the day he would get the pencils and he'd ink, ink the lettering in the balloons right over the artwork. And he said, here's Gene Cohen, a golden age hero of his. And now he's got to put ink on over his pencils. He's like nervous as can be. Right? Oh, yeah. So uh, everyone is, you know, probably has some self-doubt in there. Um, but we're also we're also here to help. We have a lot of people that, that you can follow on. You know that you have questions. You know how do you do lettering? 
hand letter, you know. We've got people that can help with that. How, how do you do digital letter? How do you do color? How do you do that? Because uh, I get people that send me artwork and say, I really like to make a comic book. I say, well, do you write also and draw? Or, you know, so I'll hook people up, you know, and together they can hopefully make a comic book. And that's kind of what we do. Yeah, yeah, love it. Love it. So curious about the the creative vision as you're leading into the next parts of your career. And uh, you said issue 58. So hopefully many, many more issues to come. Yeah, that's uh, to be seen. You know, you get you get motivated and then you kind of just because there's no here's the other thing that I, I preached our, my, our, our guys is or girls is that we have no deadline because I'm mm -hmm. like, when do you need to spot? I don't. I don't have a deadline. This isn't Marvel. I want to put something out every month. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I went. I went twenty years without putting something out. So there is no deadline. Um, so work on it at your pace. Um, and and when it's finished and you're you're happy, I don't want something rushed. When you're happy that it's uh, what it's what you want, then submit it, and we'll we'll find an issue to to put it in. Um, mm -hmm. And so going forward, you know, so, so sometimes I get bored. And so, so we have a, a, a little bit of a break and, uh, and then sometimes somebody would send me something that's like, oh, I got it. This is awesome. You know, or someone will get a hold of me like Mike Barron got a hold of me and said, hey, I did a story, but it never got printed. Would you be interested in it? I'm like, are you kidding me? This is, you know, <laughs> or, you know, so, or someone will send me something and say, oh, you've got to get another issue out there. And so I'll start, I'll start getting together. I'll get excited again. And then, you know, maybe I won't get anything for a while and kind of, kind of meander around a little bit so we have 59 uh, issue number 59 be coming out here shortly we, we, we've got quite a bit of material in there and there's about four or five stories i, I, I want my books to be big i'm not going to send you a 22 page comic book mm -hmm. you know and, and it's uh, some of our books have gone up to 64 pages you know that that's a lot of pages in the book that's a lot of reading you're going to sit down for a while with this in your hand you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> excuse me so Kind of, kind of wait to, to build up on it. So, where are we going in the future? I'm not sure. You know, I don't know if it's going to get any bigger than it is. You know, I, I've been holding fast to the number of subscribers that I have, and that's fine with me because I don't make any money on this endeavor at all. I, I actually lose money on each issue, which is not a lot of money, but it's not like I'm getting rich off this. I'm doing this because of the passion, because I like doing it, because I like to help out people to, to, to get into creating things. Um, so that, I guess that's motivation where we're going in the future. Not hundred percent sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's a great journey as well. And you mentioned Mike Barron, Mike Barron wrote the first ever comic that I read, which was like <laughs> a, a, a Batman annual. I think it was Batman annual number 12 or something like that. So you get, you get a call from Mike Barron saying, Hey, can I publish this thing? And it's like, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I was lucky enough to meet William Mesner Lopes who did Wonder Woman flash. Uh, he did the max you know, he did Journey, and, and through uh, Bill, I've met a lot of comic book creators, and they've contributed to, to our comic, just because they know Bill. I've taken, I've taken Bill to conventions, we hang out and, and at the parties afterwards, and all that kind of stuff, so you, you kind of meet these people who, at one time, is you know, were, were people that you looked up as a kid, you know, I, I met Mike Burrell, who's a really cool dude, 
you know, and, and, and the list goes on and on. I won't, I won't, you know, name drop. Um, but uh, it's, it's just amazing that now that I'm 60 years old, you know, in my late 50s and 60s, I'm living out the dreams of my childhood. Mm-hmm. You know, meeting these people, hanging out with comic book people. And the good thing is, I have no delusions that I'm going to be a comic book artist for Marvel ever. I did as a kid, but not anymore. And that's fine. I have a day job. We'll just we'll just hold with that. Yeah, yeah, well, and you get to tour. Excuse me, you get to tell the stories that you want to tell, which is a nice thing as well. I got a lot of stories. I just it's hard to find the time, you know, to, to finish mm-hmm. the book. You know, I've got a lot of projects started, um, but the, the finding the time and you know, I, I look over at the desk and I see papers on there. And it's like I should probably go over there and do something, and I'm like. <laughs> Yeah, turn the TV on. I had a hard day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so if folks out there want to subscribe, if they want to follow along, where are some of the spaces that they can do that? Well, I am mostly uh, work through Facebook. Uh, we have Geek uh, Presents is on there and also Fans of Geek Presents. Fans mm-hmm. of Geek Presents is basically our kind of you know, where everybody meets and, and greets and you can put stuff on there and that, that's kind of our, our, our go-to place. We also have a YouTube uh, channel. Yeet Presents on YouTube is uh, another one where you can see I actually have the history of Yeet Part 1 haven't been motivated to continue Part 2 but you'll, you'll hear the story more in detail of how it all got started back in 1994 at State College, Pennsylvania. And then we also have uh, a Patreon. So to get to actually get the book, you have to sign up on Patreon. Um, it's five dollars an issue if you live in the states, six dollars if you're in Canada, and uh, ten dollars if you're overseas. So you only pay um, when you get the book. Mm-hmm. So if like, a book comes out, I send it to you, and then the next, uh, the first of the next month, you get charged you five dollars. You know, of course, Patreon takes some of that. So I get about $4.50 if even that. Mm-hmm. Do the math. It's $2 to mail it to you, and it's $2 to to uh, print the thing, and then it's by the envelopes and, uh, and the stickers and all that kind of stuff. That's where that's where yeah. But that's the best way because what it does, it generates a mailing list for me, mm-hmm. and it goes out. Now I have people that that um, cancel their subscription, and they get a hold of them and say, what's going on? Well, I can't afford it. I said, I'll, I'll send it to you for free. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, the Patreon uh, subscription is just so that I'm not losing my, you know, 100%. Uh, right, it's, right. You know, and some, some people live in states, and they'll, they'll, they'll spend $10, you know, they'll sign up for the $10 one because they want to see you keep on keeping, you know, to keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's the best way. People, some people try to send me $5 in the mail. Uh, I'll send you the book, but then your, your name won't be on the mailing list. And I'll forget about you because I'm a 60-year-old man and I forget things. Um, and they're like, well, I, I want another issue. So just sign up on Patreon. It's very simple to do. But, you know, if you ever, if you ever want someone, you can send me a letter and I'll, or, or an email and I'll, I'll, I'll get you one. And, you know, because they're there for people to read. Well, sounds great. And I appreciate the work that you're doing. Glad to share about it. Um, and thanks for coming on. Did we miss anything in the talk through that you want to make sure to shout out to mention? <laughs> I don't know if I gave the um, the Patreon address, but it's um, oh, yep. patreon.com slash yeet magazine. That's it. 
All right. I'll make sure to link that in the description. Okay. Appreciate it, Jason. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you. And uh, thanks again for taking some time to talk with me. All right. We'll be seeing you around. Thanks. Right, thanks. Thank you.